Welcome back to Marvel Did What for the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Anthony Canton III, along with my co-host, Stephanie Williams. Steph, it's a pleasure to be back with you. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Happy to be back and happy to talk about what we're going to talk about today. Yes, yes. Um, we will be talking about House of M, uh, the eight-issue series. Uh, back in 2005, written by Brian Michael Bendis. Obviously, it has huge ties to the upcoming Disney Plus TV series, WandaVision. And it basically details Wanda Maximoff rewriting the Marvel Universe. And there's just so many aspects of this to kind of get into. But the first one I wanted to dive into, since you had written something about this for SciFi.com, if you get a chance, uh, check it out. It's How Everyone Failed Wanda Maximoff. Um, There's a lot of interesting perspectives from the heroes in this this, uh, eight-issue series. Um, But Wanda's is one that in a lot of ways wasn't really tackled as much as I would have expected upon reading it. Um, what led you to writing about this and what did you take out of uh, House of M? So for the very reason that you just stated, um, the fact that House of M doesn't really give like Wanda's, like why Wanda did this or not necessarily why, but like just the ins and outs of it. So that's, I'm like, okay, so like why... Like, why would she do this? Like, what led to this? Because my Scarlet Witch history at the time wasn't all that great. So, like, what I knew about Wanda was no more than I knew about her outside of the X-Men animated series and I think maybe a few comics I've read. So, like any good comic nerd, I went back and I was like, you know what, let me just read her history from the start. Um, fortunately she isn't, she's one of those characters that's, you know, has a long history, but also not like a ton of comics. So it was like a doable thing. So I went back and I started from when she joined the Avengers all the way up into, um, Avengers Disassemble and what a journey. But by the time I finished that, I completely understood um, you know, why she did what she did in House of M. Now, the No More Mutants part, I'm, I don't know about that, but everything else, <laughs> everything else I can totally justify um, because she was really put through it from start to finish by folks that were supposed to be in, you know, her corner and folks that were supposed to help her and each and every one of them um, failed her in some way. Yeah, it's it, it's interesting to kind of see some of the reactions from a lot of the heroes in this. Um, when you go from Avengers Disassembled, which was one of the things I read, and getting into this, and as you re, as you kind of like see the reactions, particularly the one that took me aback the most was Spider Man, and of course Peter Parker has had a ton of trauma, had a ton of issues, so in a way you can get it. I've just never those words that he spoke to Wolverine uh, when he's getting filled in on what exactly happened, and he realizes that 
his reality. And in this case, uh, Wanda re- rewrites reality. And in Spider-Man's case, he's not with Mary Jane. Gwen Stacy lives. He's married to Gwen Stacy. He has a kid. He's not even he's not even even a hero. He's a wrestler. And you're right. And there's just and and there's just that. And as he finds this out, there's this level of vitriol that just jumps off the page uh, when he speaks. It's when he speaks to Logan. He says, "Logan, I swear to God, I think I'm going to kill them. Magneto, his stupid daughter. I'm going to kill them with my bare hands. I'm not going to be able to stop myself." I, if you think about the history of Peter Parker, have you ever heard him like that? Or have you ever read him that way? It's just, it's just such a stark uh, reaction. And I think another person, uh, uh, Clint Barton, who was uh, killed by Wanda, and mm-hmm. there is a really well detailed uh, sh- uh, what uh, pages in, and I think it was issue six. I want to say issue six or seven, where it, he he gets in there and he's crying and he's telling Wanda, "I love you. I would have done anything for you. Why did you do this to me?" And there's just a lot of that going around. So you know, as somebody who took the different perspective of Wanda, how do you juxtapose those two those two uh, perspectives? Because it's weird. As these people all have gotten what they wanted out of life, or they've been given the things that they wanted, but at the same time, obviously, reality was ripped away from them. And to find that out, it's just it's a it's a lot to digest. But at the same time, yeah, Wanda has been through a ton, and and she's obviously been led to a place, uh, especially by her her brother and her father that led her to what she did and i feel like it's a lot more nuanced than what um the way that it was portrayed what what do you think yeah. about those reactions from the heroes in the book i think they're fair reactions and you're right it's way more nuanced than where as it's portrayed um because um how they felt was extremely valid in the same way um Wanda came to reality that um, her reality was ripped from her by Agatha Christie. Right. Um, Ag- what am I saying, Agatha Christie? <laughs> Agatha Harkness. There wow. But anyway, <laughs> um, ripped away by her and like the realization, like, wait, I did have you know two children and everything, and you know two wrongs don't make a right and all that jazz, but. What you're seeing throughout House of M is, um, you know, this manifestation of how Wanda has um, been treated over the years. Um, She's there to like, you know, people see the importance of Wanda by what she can do for them. Um, Originally, she didn't even want to have children. I mean, she was okay with not having children Mm -hmm. because she was with the vision and it was impossible. And then, you know, all of a sudden he's like, wait like what if we did have kids and like plant that seed and they had children and then he wasn't there anymore like as a husband and they were going through that thing and she was just I don't know there's just so much wrapped up in it and I kind of wish and I hate to say this Mm -hmm. but someone that wasn't um Mike Brian Michael Bendis who wrote this like the story (laughs) really needed 
a woman's perspective because it's lacking that nuance and it just looks like Wanda is doing these terrible malicious things to these people without any kind of um you know justification like there is no like where the root of where is the root of this coming from yeah because it's so crazy to me that like there when folks talk about um you know house of m marvel's um not marvel's disassemble, but avengers disassemble is hardly ever really mentioned in conjunction like you don't you know mm-hmm. it's just always house of m and i don't really hear a lot of folks talk about disassemble because this simple lays it all out yeah it, i agree with you it's it's important to read that if you want to get some context to House of M to kind of know like what led into all of these things happening because it really it really is significant and I would even read the stuff that they did on Charles Xavier because I read that that was a very interesting look as Doctor Strange goes into his mind and and uh, lays some things out for Charles that again he he doesn't realize so I might as well go to that aspect of things. What what did you take out of Charles's role in this whole entire mess? You know, guilty as charged as always. I'm never gonna not <laughs> find Charles at fault in some way, but um, he is just as wrong as Magneto and Quicksilver. Like he is also very much a part of the mess. Yeah, I mean, so much so uh, that even. You know, at the outset, as Doctor Strange is trying to get him to understand understand uh, what he's done and how to look at things in a different perspective, um, he starts to see it himself. Uh, Magneto sees it later in 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 the issue. Uh, Quicksilver is just this is probably about as uh, dastardly uh, of an act. He guilt trips Wanda into doing this. Um, and it just and it felt it felt terrible, and that's where I'm looking at it from uh, the perspective that you know this is not all on her, even though she is the driving force. It's so easy to manipulate uh, people, especially when they're in a weak emotional state, a weak mental state, and it really does apply to real life in a lot of ways uh mm-hmm. that we've seen in in relationship dynamics and it doesn't even have to be with significant others it's it can be familial and you see that in men and women dynamics all the time so this is just another example of that um what did you think was the was the either the funniest or craziest part of the altered reality in in this uh this these issues <laughs> Luke Cage and those damn cornrows. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I was like, yeah, like, of course Wanda would, right? Um, anyway, like, that was the, out of everything, and there's some pretty wild things, but I'm sorry, Luke and those cornrows just, it was just too much. <laughs> I got a kick out of that, and a lot of his reactions throughout uh, were something else. Um, I thought it was something else when he tried calling Jessica and it answered with the with the answering machine with with her and Scott. I was just like, oh, oh wow, okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, Wanda knew <laughs> where everyone's heart was, so that one um, that was actually kind of fun. Uh, Consider. I actually enjoyed uh, the Wolverine Mystique thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that was pretty cool. 
That was a pretty cool. A, a, a different kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And um, I, I also love that when it comes to whether it's mind-altering uh, stuff or time-related stuff. They look to Wolverine to be the either the voice of reason or just oh, right. the old dude who knows everything. It's it's just really, really fun to see all the time. You know what? There's some justification for that. Um, I've been doing some research on Wolverine for something and... Um, like you know what he is very deserving of this i don't like those roles of being the 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 one uh that has wisdom or the sage one um because it's true <laughs> like it is really true um i know it doesn't like seem that way cuz Wolverine is often ass hat but uh it makes sense i get why they keep going to him like every time they have like the time or alter reality yeah yeah absolutely for sure on that one um i wanted to ask and this is kind of an extension on something that you answered earlier with um you would have liked to see a woman's perspective usually one of our one of our categories here is what kind of spin would you like to put on this and i feel like that's the one that you will uh would like to to do can you expound on that a little bit yeah because um i don't know like i just feel like everything that wanda has done um and the reasons that she did it are convoluted and the focus is more so on magneto charles and um even quicksilver to a degree but like they are very much like pulling the strings and doing things. Um, and then Wanda gets all the blame. And I feel like if more concentration was just full circle around Wanda um, and like whatever she was dealing with internally when she found out that, hey, I had these kids and you totally erased them and all of y'all lied for me for years and said nothing. Like, you know, what was that that thought process? So... I, I don't know. I just feel like there would have been just a little bit more of a, a touch there where all of these things she did wouldn't feel so, um, I don't know, like just cruel for no well, reason. And you know what? It, not- it kind of felt attached to a degree because because yeah. when you get to when Doctor Strange shows up in astral form, Mm-hmm. And the way that she's talking, she's just so she's just divorced, completely divorced from reality itself. And in the way that she's talking, in the way that she's uh, thinking, and and it's really uh, Clint who kind of gets that uh, out of her um, when he shows up. But I think to your point, that touch, that 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 woman's perspective is just so important. And I think. And I think back to the, the time that this was written, 2005 and and 15 years ago, and think about where we are now in terms of people maybe at the very least it, trying to attempt to understand things um, yeah. a little bit more from that perspective. At least a, if, if in an idealistic world, I would like to think that. But, but um, I think it's important that uh, more and more as you get these central women stories and then you go back uh, to any of these things. And we've talked about this before on this show about, about black stories and how black people are written by white people. And maybe that's not how it should be. And maybe if you're going to do that, 
you should look into getting different perspectives for that. And I think that's often forgotten in those things. So I think that was like, that was probably one of the things that I felt too in reading this is because I would like to know more about how she felt throughout. You get this almost, she's just angry and... It, it 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 it's written in a way that that is supposed to almost like portray to the reader that you should be mad at her that yeah. and it's you know there's just so much more uh to a story like that but it but it, in in its own way it it kind of just gives you the whole it's a wonderful life scenario but doesn't you know, delve in as much. Like, it could have been meatier. It could have had a, a little bit more weight to it. I think they tried really hard to to, to put that weight in, but they could have definitely had more for sure. Now, one of the questions that I, that I did want to ask you in reading this was, if you were given everything that you wanted in life, if your reality was rewritten, how would you feel about that? Especially like how these people all reacted. Some people got, in in a lot of ways, people got what they wanted, some peace in a way, um, uh, romantic peace, uh, wealth, things like that. But when they find out after the fact, it still it, it still feels like a betrayal. It still feels like a like what is wrong with this whole situation. Um, how would you how would you feel like you if you got everything you wanted but you did you just realize that wait a minute this was not something that i earned it just happened because somebody decided to rewrite reality i don't know um i like i want to say that i would be upset <laughs> um, just because that boundary was crossed but then also like what else like what is that 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 reality because to be honest you know i don't mind getting anything that i didn't necessarily i guess like quote unquote earn just because of mm-hmm. i don't know like just how difficult it is to like just get something and doing twice the work and getting like you know just barely um minimum at at, at best but I, I, I guess I would be upset because the realization that um this was my life that I actually chose for myself versus the one that was chosen for me, like I would assume like at the end of the day, even if I did have everything I wanted, it still wouldn't be essentially everything I wanted because I didn't right. choose it. I was choose, chosen for me. Right. It's always the, the if the grass was a, a greener over here. A scenario and, and and it made me think about it a lot like what if I had everything that I wanted but it wasn't wasn't something that I necessarily had gotten it's just something that was given to me out of happenstance and you know I don't know how I would feel necessarily um, I'm I'm a very go with the river type of person so mm-hmm. so when it comes to that type of stuff I don't I shoot there might be a part of me that's cool with it in a way um, yeah, and and that's all that, that I think them asking that question probably was uh, the best part of the issue. But I, I really go back to needing a woman's perspective on this because I, I did feel like after reading this, it's like I wanted more out of Wanda. I felt like we got 
Magneto's perspective. We got Quicksilver's perspective, Wolverine, Spider-Man, uh, Luke, basically everybody who was involved except the uh, principal character uh, in this. So I know you mentioned the the whole mutants thing from from earlier, the, the no more mutants as she rewrites reality again uh, towards the end. What did you what did you think of that twist? And I was just like, why the hell? Like that? Is, <laughs> it just didn't make any sense for her character. Um, because again, like after doing like that deep dive and having um, you know a few decades or a couple decades of comics history, rereading, going back into that and then reading it again, I'm just like, how do we get here? Yeah. Um, like I know that you're hurt. Uh, because I would liken to what she went through, like, I don't, like, I would, maybe not a miscarriage, but, like, worse than that. Worse than a, a stillbirth, because the fact that she did have knowledge of these children, and it was just taken away from her. Um, but, yeah, the No More Mutants thing, I just, uh... <laughs> it just it just didn't the math didn't math for me um at all like i can understand her being you know upset with her brother her dad charles all of that but um after the way that she had been treated as a mutant by humans i just i can't it just it just didn't add up by the time i got to um house of them after reading all of that i just Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this didn't make much sense. So you really just did this because y'all needed another event. Right. Did you did you like what they did subsequently after that? Because this no. this story leads into what turns into civil war eventually. And you you um, weren't with it, right? No, like it's fine or whatever, but after you know, connecting the dots like, oh, so House of Them does like, you know, lead into that, it just <laughs> It sucks. Um, I just feel like we could have gotten Civil War another way. Um, or maybe if House of M just would have done a better job of giving some foundation to Wanda's anger and giving a face to it, mm-hmm. <laughs> because even though it's hurt, like it's still very nameless. Um, maybe I would feel a little bit differently about Civil War, but because House of M would have was what it was. Civil War just feels like huh, another reason to like get rid to of bring the, all these characters together. Yeah, all the characters together. Um, you know, kill off as many mutants as possible, and <laughs> and bring in the Inhumans. Well, right, then. right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so it, it, in terms of kind of closing uh, thoughts on on this issue, is did in going back and not only writing about Wanda but just kind of uh really enthralling yourself in this world and what it was oh how would you how would you write it what is there something specific do you even need a reality change necessarily because i think the i think the Wanda either wanting kids and that being a a big story uh written in a in a really, really good way is definitely possible, and you can get a really substantial story out of it. Uh, how would you, in your in your opinion, how would you go about writing this? So, I actually would still keep the reality change. 
And the reason why I say that is because her desire to do that and being unable to control it, it tracks for her character. This is someone who has never actually had a normal, safe life. She's always been on the run. Uh, crazy history. Her and her brother being raised by a cow cult. Um, and <laughs> like having this father who is, you know, evil and like the world's most wanted and the way that he comes into their lives lives just to use them for their powers and then joining the Avengers and, you know, meeting the vision, falling in love, um, having kids with him, not knowing that they had kids, mm-hmm. having, um, you know, seeing him basically die in front of her and then come back. Um, not as himself anymore because he didn't have those memories and then having to deal with that as they were still married and at the time still dealing with um, I think this is around the time she was having trouble with concentrating and like her children would just disappear. So like Wanda has really been through it and then she's been through it well after that as well. Um, So I say all that to say that I can see why her feeling as though changing reality to make life perfect because she's never, you know, experienced anything like really close to it. That makes sense. I would keep that, but I would also maybe interweave in, um, you know, this reality that she wished for herself, that vision was still her original husband, um, that they still had children and they grew up in that suburb that they moved to and life was grand. Like I would have, Love to see some interweaving cuts in between that instead of, you know, this big weird thing where, you know, Magneto is king of everything. Yeah. And, and I would still keep Xavier dead. That's fine with me. Um, <laughs> but um, maybe he is still doing that. But like Wanda isn't there. Like she's you get to see her have this normal life that she she's always uh, desired. So I would like sprinkle that in throughout or whatever and um, maybe just make a couple changes as far as like reality changes and also how the, re- how the heroes react to them. Um, Cause I don't know. We have too many people that are like, when they find out have this, you know, thing like, well, you know, this life actually isn't too bad. Like I would have loved to see some balance of that. Like some heroes disgusted, upset um, and others actually, you know, happy. And maybe I don't want to change. I don't want to go back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree there. That would have been uh, interesting to see if they did a did as such. So, all right. As we as we usually do at the end of these things, do you have since I chose this one? Do you have something for us for next time? Um. Do I have something for? Yes, I actually do. Oh, nice. Um. It is Wolverine and Kitty Pryde. The I think it's the only series that they've had together i could be lying but um this one uh kitty's dad is kidnapped by um some yakuza i believe in is it he's he's basically uh kidnapped by a gang mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't want to get anything wrong but uh <laughs> goes after them and ends up stuck in tokyo because she ends up being brainwashed into like this killer ninja and then Wolverine has to come along with Yukio and like they try to break Kitty of her spell and it's it is 
Chris Claremont was high when he did this. Oh, he boy. Been. Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> any any Wolverine story, long. I'm looking forward to. It's four issues long and also it's, um, you know, actually one of my favorites because we get to see uh, a lot of dad Wolverine and I'm always here for dad Wolverine. Awesome. Awesome. And so in in just a, just a moment, uh, we'll be bringing in Jake Christie and Jerome Chang to talk about WandaVision. We will be right back. So I'm here with Stephanie Williams. I'm here with Jake Christie and Jerome Chang. They're, look, first timers on Marvel did what? The the guys from the main show are come coming to hang out with us as we talk a little bit about WandaVision, which today we found out that WandaVision will be premiering January 15th of 2021. And it's pretty. Oh, is that so? Yes, yes, absolutely. I, I wanted, I really wanted them to surprise you, AC. I wanted you to panic when we just let you know out of nowhere. It's like, oh, it's it's on now. Yeah, we I, watched I, the first three episodes, <laughs> and you just freak out on us. <laughs> I, I thought, I thought definitely we were gonna get the Beyonce like drop, but they decided to put mm-hmm. it uh, on on that date. Um, this will be the first year that we don't get any MCU content since two thousand what two thousand nine? Yeah. That's a thousand nine, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty pretty insane. But um, Entertainment Weekly did a story on Wandavision, so we got a little bit of uh, nuggets on it. Uh, what Steph and I just talked about was what this show is uh, adapting, and it's it's going to be clearly it's going to be different from from that. But there's an interesting twist. So, Jake, I'll start with you, because one of the things that I read was that this was a good portion of this was filmed in front of a studio audience. And they all signed Mm -hmm. very strict NDAs and there's a very 50s sitcom like feel to it. Uh, Mm -hmm. What are you expecting from this show? I'm expecting in that regard, I'm expecting it to be like... In I want I what I'm expecting and hoping for is that it's like kind of an uncanny valley type situation with a 50 sitcom where like it has all the traditional markers of a 50 sitcom but is just slightly off enough where it becomes unsettling, um and I think that using an actual studio audience is a really really great idea, um and I think it just will, I I think going for the authenticity with what they're trying to emulate will make it even better when they pull the rug out and it obviously is like revealed to be right. in some way shape or form all in Scarlet Witch's mind um yeah I think that's just a really good call and I, I think that it's really exciting to hear that they are leaning enough so much into the motif that they're doing things like having a studio audience it's not like they're half they're no half measures in the tone they're trying to get they're actually they're, they're going all the way through for it so i'm fascinated to see how it comes out yeah absolutely uh, jerome how about you or how what's your level of excitement uh coming into this oh i'm super excited i i think from all the trailers uh it's already enough reason to garner excitement and just um i think because of what this story is going to be it just opens up so much potential that you can't really predict what's going to come up and what's going to connect in the larger uh, scheme of things. And also, I, I think 
based on what we have received by way of the movies, it would also be nice to dive a little more into uh, the characters because they don't really get to be at the forefront of anything. They're usually just kind of secondary characters, even though they're extremely powerful. Um, right. So I think that's going to be really fun. And then kind of to the whole point about um, the studio audience and everything, I think it's going to be cool because it is on Disney. And when it comes to a lot of us growing up, you know, we're so used to like, you know, TGIF and ABC Family and all these um, things where we're going to kind of get to see it. I feel like we're going to get shades of that with how they're going about it because to Jake's point, they're going to be very authentic with it, uh, but they're go- going to also subvert it and change change things around, which is, uh, at least to my understanding, I, I definitely have a more limited knowledge of it, but that's kind of how House of M works. It's, it is really messing with the norm. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's good. I'm so excited. I feel like this is one of the more ambitious things that they're going to do. Now, I know Kevin Feige uh, said that there's going to be a lot of uh, rewards for people who have watched all of the movies up to this point. Um, I found that interesting, and I think there's just a ton of implications uh, that that are going to come from this this series. All the stuff that we've heard about Spider-Man and what that's going to entail. Uh, Stephanie, as somebody who we just talked about uh, getting that perspective on Wanda, you think they're going to go for that here and kind of see things through her eyes as she once again rewrites reality? Oh, absolutely. Um, I actually like that Vision died at the end of uh, Infinity War because it pretty much secured that. Um, So I'm looking forward to it for that reason. And also, I feel like um, not only are they going to take from House of M, but they're also going to take from the um, first two, uh, the Vision and Scarlet Scarlet Witch uh, miniseries. One of them was like four issues. And the one that came out like a few years later was 12 issues. And this is the one where she actually ends up getting, you know, pregnant. We have Agatha Harkness there all up and through the house. Mm-hmm. Um, we get visits from Inhumans uh, a couple times, Crystal, um, who was actually her um, sister-in-law. And I don't know, like, the fact that they're filming in front of, they filmed it from a live studio audience just really makes me happy for both reasons that Jerome and Jake mentioned. So I'm like, this wasn't even a series that I was looking forward to maybe two years ago or whenever it was announced, but now this is the one that I'm definitely looking forward to because hello, Monica Rambeau. Like we're getting <laughs> and I actually think that it's it's honestly fortunate in a weird way for WandaVision that COVID delayed Black Widow and therefore delayed Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Because I think that want that Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I think, is the top shelf, like top line headline-grabbing Disney Plus series. And I think WandaVision very easily would not have as much publicity as it does now. And I think that WandaVision is going to have a much bigger audience than it would have if it came out second, now that it's coming up first. And obviously, you know, like, no one would trade anything for that. But I think that it it is interesting that I think there's way more hype about WandaVision than there would be. And I'm by that, I mean, I'm mostly just referring to Nitz's Twitter feed, in which she, I think, said that... (laughs) She's excited now for the Clippers of the MCU, which is just really disrespectful, and I really don't appreciate her saying. But, um, you know, if she's excited about something with Vision, clearly it's going to be – people are be watching it. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Were you going to say something? No, 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 go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to say real quick. Uh, I would, well, wow. Yeah, 
This is the problem. Well, this, this is great. Is, <laughs> this is clearly the first episode that Seth and I have done together. We're, we're figuring it out. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's funny enough. I all, I was really coming on to just say that I completely agree with Steph that I I wasn't necessarily excited about it to begin with just because – and partly because I just didn't know what was going to happen. But the more that gets revealed about it, the more I get excited. And uh, just saying on the, I'm on the same page there. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny for me because it was – I knew – that I knew what they were attempting to do, and um, it's been pretty clear that they've been wanting to do more source material. And you know me on this pod, I am the source material guy. So uh, when you dive into that stuff, and as long as you're not doing uh, that Trevor stuff, then you know I'm, I'll be with it for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also think that I, I feel like I've been excited about it from the beginning just because I think that. I've been kind of wanting the MCU to indulge in some of the weirder stuff for a while, and the TV, the the, the TV shows existing got me excited because they had more leeway. And I kind of was disappointed a little bit by the fact that Captain Winter Soldier was going to be, excuse me, Falcon Winter Soldier was going to be the first one because it's like, okay, that's kind of feel kind of feels like tonally like a movie but in a TV show. But Wandavision was like. It, for the beginning, it kind of, you got you heard whispers like it's going to be batshit crazy, and yes. and and at the and I think that that's just I, that's what I want them to do with the TV shows because what the hell's the point of doing the TV shows if you're if you're just going to do the same thing you do in a movie but just over a couple episodes you know right um, mm-hmm. and so clearly they're doing stuff they wouldn't do in a movie and I think that that's exciting because I I think that um I think I'm thinking about a lot even outside the MCU is just how much I think. This second part of the golden age of television, like the post Breaking Bad, post Mad Men, mm-hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that's really popular, I really can't get into, and I think I'm just not a huge fan of, because I think that too many good TV shows are like eight-hour movies, and like you just don't tell TV and movies in the same way, and so that's the thing I'm hoping that they do. I hope that it is told like a TV show rather than a movie that is spread up in eight parts, because if you're gonna do it on TV, do it on TV. Don't you know just lengthen a movie. You know what I mean? Like I I, I I I I I hope you understand what I mean. Like, Absolutely. A, even even if it's a serialized story, like, for example, sure. something something like The Boys, for example, is like a TV show. Like, spe- like the pace it goes at, like the way that each episode, it is clearly written by people who write TV for a living. And so that's why I'm excited that it clearly it feels like they're going for that rather than just like ah uh, this is a property that wouldn't be big enough to do a movie for, so let's put it on TV instead. Like no, this is a TV show to be a TV show, and I'm hoping that that's what they do with it. Mm, I'm extreme, yeah, extremely intrigued. Uh, it's extremely intrigued by it all. Steph, you mentioned earlier uh, Monica Rambeau. Um, we've seen her before in Captain Marvel, the younger version. Uh, Tayona Paris will be playing her uh, here. What do you look forward to with her? Because I- I'm really excited to see. Are we going to see the powers? Are we going to just see her working with Sword? I, I think we're going to be seeing at least a. A little bit more of an intro to Sword with everything that we've been hearing about the Nick Fury series and a lot of the stuff that uh, Disney Plus is going to be doing with the television. It seems like Sword is going to play a, a major role, and it seems like Monica is going to play a big part of that too. So uh, I'm sure as somebody who's who's enjoyed the character and is uh, excited for, for the announcement of her character, I'm sure you're really looking forward to that. I am, but I'm nervous because it's. <laughs> Because it's Disney or whatever, and 
Mar already wasn't too happy about um, Maria and Monica in Captain Marvel because of um, just some of the way they handled that. Um, but anyway. Oh, no, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. The, oh, what was the issue? So I, ended up, I ended up writing about it, but it was more so because, you know, you brought Maria and Monica in um, to just kind of be these, um, I don't know, like... Uh, plot fodder or whatever for her to like mm-hmm. break through and find her memories and to be this amazing human and like they just kind of took a back seat which makes sense because it's you know Carol's movie or whatever but like it was more so of that you know good good uh, best black friend or whatever and <laughs> lady and it just really irritated me because because they were also queer baiting. It's just like, hey, if you wanted to like make them gay, go ahead and just do that. Um, instead of whatever this weird thing is that you're doing. So like I don't know, like I just felt like Monica and Maria being in that movie was more so like, Hey, let's put, you know, them in here because did you know Monica Rambeau was actually, you know, Captain Marvel before Carol was type of thing? So Right. Just me. Right, this is true. Um so Monica being in WandaVision or whatever, I'm very excited for it, but I'm just a little nervous because, you know, the way that Carol ends up getting her power is actually how Monica got her powers um, in a similar way uh, when she destroyed um, a boat that had the same type of um, technology that was being used in it. So my fear was like, so how is Monica going to get her powers now? But it looks like it's probably going to be related to her post um which is watching over wanda in this little neighborhood that they have right that's my assumption i hope it better be because if monica is just some woman working in accounting at sword <laughs> i'm gonna <laughs> oh man um i know one of the things that i definitely wanted to get to was the implications of what this series is going to be and i know Jake, Jerome, we're all big Spider-Man heads. We have heard all the rumors about what Spider-Man 3 is going to be like. Doctor Strange will be in in Spider-Man. Jamie Foxx's Electro from The Amazing Spider-Man will be in this Spider-Man. There is a ton of... uh, There's a ton of hype around this Spider-Man 3 movie. And I guess as a larger question... To the, to the group here, what do you guys think about the implications of just Wanda literally rewriting the Marvel Universe and things changing that particular way? Oh, Jerome, I'll start with you. Uh, do you, I guess. <laughs> um, no, I... <laughs> I, for me, I think the endless possibility uh, element of it, uh, for me, I've always been, and I've, like, I've mentioned it so many times on this pod. Uh, if they're going to just be able to do anything, I don't want to think about what they're going to do. Okay. I, I just want to see where they go with it. Uh, so actually, less a joke, really. Yeah, yeah. Do you? Let Let's see what's up. <laughs> Steph, how about you? What do you What do you think about the the rewriting of the of the Marvel universe and kind of like all of the stuff that seems like is about to happen all over the place? Oh, I'm fine with it. 
to rewrite whatever they like need to rewrite. It's fine. Um, I knew I always liked Steph. <laughs> in game happens, so like do whatever you're gonna do. Like just just do the thing because you've already told us that it's comics. People they mm. die all the time and they come back. Um, where they don't come back for a long time, but it's fine. Like, just have fun. Like, it's okay. These characters are fictional. You can write something to bring them back if you need to. Like, it's fine. Just do what you're going to do. Right, exactly. See, I, I think I made the point before that I actually feel the opposite way. Yeah, Because have. I think that as someone who watches these movies who doesn't have a background in comics, I think some of the stuff that turns me off from comics and, like, anime and stuff like that is how easy it is to bring characters back and how I'm afraid, and I don't think they're going to because I think Kevin Feige gets this on some level, yeah. that if no death, if it becomes like Dragon Ball Z where it's like any character dies, but it's like, okay, you now you know they're just going to get the Dragon Balls to bring them back, then, like, I, I guess what I'm saying is that the feeling I felt in the theater during Endgame, the, like, heartbreak that people had when Tony Stark died is because in the MCU, even though they did just obviously reverse, like, the snap it still feels like deaths are permanent. And, like, I just don't think you get that catharsis if every death feels like the next movie is going to be about bringing them back. And, like, obviously I think you can bring back some people in some ways, but I'm afraid... And I don't feel like it's once again, I don't think you're going to, because I think that the people way smarter than me are having these conversations, that if basically anything that happens can be retconned with the multiverse, and, like, it, it just makes the, the stakes of everything feel... It just it's just less important and everything feels less essential. And I think that there is there is a difference between a movie audience and a comic audience because there there is only one MCU. There's only one version of all these characters for now, and there's you know only so many movies per year. You have to, like I, I just think that there's a different level of stakes that you expect mm-hmm. from a movie that you don't expect from comics. Whereas with comics you can bring someone back whenever because the characters have existed for you know 80 years. But with a movie it's like I just don't I don't want them to be willy nilly with it. And once again, I don't think they will. Well, I think I think the thing to think about, especially with what Loki looks like, it's going to be with the with the time variance uh, authority team, whatever they're called. Uh, that seems like it's going to be a mess uh, amongst itself. And then you bring in Kang the Conqueror into this, which is just like a whole nother multiverse time. Like everything's gonna get screwed up in a way. So. They may they may test you, Jake. They really might. I I, I think they're going to test me, but I I I think they're going to come out. I think that there's definitely some on some level some conversation about how like the core people you can't like that. There's I don't think that they're going to bring back Iron Man in any significant way, and I don't think they're going to bring back Captain America in any significant way, unless it's like clearly not the same. Unless it's like clearly not reversing what happened tom cruise is um, iron man and dr strange that would be funny. I, I guess the thing yeah i guess what i mean <laughs> is that like with endgame the plot of the whole thing was to reverse a bunch of deaths yeah. and that was the plot of the biggest movie in the history of movies i feel like if reversing deaths just become a thing that you can do normally then it's like why the hell was this the big movie you did it, yeah. It, like, if, yeah, if, if, for sure yeah yeah I think, and- um no, go ahead, Steph. You know <laughs> <this>. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Trump. No, I was no, going to say, like, Jake, um, no, like, I completely agree with you. It's just because, I don't know, like, I am coming from comics that I'm just so used to disappointment, mm-hmm. but then also <laughs> it, that disappointment getting rectified in some way, I'm just kind of like, whatever. But I do 
I like I am jealous of the fact that when Endgame happened, like I wasn't teary eyed when Tony Stark died. Like I felt like I missed out on a human emotion that I wanted to have during that time instead of giggling at the fact that Pepper Potts was probably finally gonna get a good night's rest because she didn't have to worry about Tony. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I'll be honest with you. I think that you not having that emotion has a lot. It's not so much just because the comments. I think that that's something like I'm going. I cried anything, so like I'm not the best person to ask. But uh, same here. Yeah, I don't think that that's going to come from the reaction. I, I will say to Seth's credit, I did not cry at the end of um, Endgame, and I do remember doing the pod with the guys and listening through the emotion. Uh, that was shared, and I was like, I didn't really do that. But in a way that felt more sociopathic in that, I was like, oh, this is very sad right now. I don't feel anything. But I know this is a sad moment. Once again, I'm um, a sad boy. So you, I, you're a sad boy. Same sad same. boy hours. I mean, we yeah. should we should switch spots. you got to come up here to Toronto and join my boy Drake over here. You could be a oh, sad exactly. boy on this end. Um, no, I, I think – so when I say, like, you do you, obviously it's not uh, – like, I don't want – you know, I don't want to be like me when I was like in grade school and recess, just like saying like, now I have all the powers and like keep on going around in all these different places. I just, I, I think when I do say to you, to you, it's under the trust that they're not going to actually like just go nuts. Um, I think I'm exactly on the same page with you, Jake, that I feel they're not going to go to that level of retconning everything. I think that will come eventually, but that's kind of more my larger feeling that, you know, the way you, the uh, Infinity Saga worked out and the way we're heading this way, uh, we are watching it as adults, but essentially I think they're just recycling it over and over for, like, the next generation of children. So I just assume at some point they're going to actually have to retcon or, like, create, I don't know, not spider, like, centipede man or something <laughs> at that point. Young Avengers. Uh, yeah, Young, they got it. They got a big. Marvel's got a deep bench, though. That's the thing. Yeah, they got, they got, a, they deep got a deep bench. bench. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, it's it's but it's also one of those things too where, um, not so much Iron Man. I I think we always have to remember that Iron Man was kind of a fluke that he became so important because of MCU, but he was never top tier going into it. Uh, it's really when it comes to the X Men and Spider Man and those kind of traditionally top tier characters like how are they going to be used over time and will they come back and at least with spider-man you have miles morales that's going to come eventually and right. there's all that potential heading that way which i think is fantastic um but yeah i i think we're just so far away from something like that happening i think if anything uh it's more in the sense of it's going to expand the universe it may mess some things around but it's all going to fit within just figuring out more of how all of this works because uh whether it's chasing dragon balls or infinity stones i don't think uh, we're gonna go with that right again <laughs> that's great oh man that's a, that's a that's a great note to end on um yeah wandavision january 15th uh we'll be all over it here steph you should join us for these recaps uh oh for sure yeah that they'll they'll be a they'll be a fun time and, uh, yeah, we already talked uh, about House of M and the WandaVision preview. want to thank Jake Christie and Jerome Chang for for hanging out with us for a little bit. Uh, Jake Christie, where can we follow you, sir? 
Follow me on Twitter at the J Christie. Listen to my other podcast, No Funk and Strictly Munkin, where we talk about the USA Network original series Monk. Uh, thank you for having me on this Marvel's, uh, Marvel Cinematic University presents Marvel Did What. It's an honor to join you too. Oh, thank you very much, uh, Jerome Chang. Where can we follow you, sir? Uh, you can follow me at Black Dragon Roll. Uh, I'm going to start up a separate alternate version of Marvel Did What with Jake, but we're just going to be talking about what the hell Chris Pratt's up to most of the time. <laughs> um, past that, uh, no, uh, I think moving forward, I'm just going to be working with Steph on our timing together, and then things will be smooth. Great. Yeah, gotta get that together. Oh man, and and of course my my partner on this podcast, Stephanie Williams. Where where can we follow you and tell us a little bit about Living Heroes before we go? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Steph underscore I underscore Will. Uh, there I am tweeting things that you probably shouldn't press play on, and then um. A webcomic uh, living here. You should 100% press play on. <laughs> leave it on loop. Blast it through your speakers. Uh, play it out of your car. Do all that. <laughs> Thank you, Chipper. Um, and Living Heroes is a um, fan comic that I wrote with art by Aaron O'Neill Jones and uh, colorist Christina Pong, and it is um, like a marriage between a living single and some of my favorite Marvel superheroines, so Misty Knight, Monica Rambeau, Storm, and She-Hulk. So they're, you know, trying to make rent and uh, survive life when they are off the clock. Yeah, it's it, it's really good stuff. It's really creative. The colors jump off the page. Um, go check out Steph and what she's doing. You'll be you'll be reading a lot from her and hearing a lot from her on here going forward. And, of course, you can follow me on Twitter at ACSpotlight95. Remember, on this feed, we're doing the Mandalorian recaps. We do them every week. Um, it's been fun to do them so far, so looking forward to the next episode. And, of course, mm-hmm. Marvel did what? We will be back next week. And, of course, follow the show at MC University Pod. So, for Stephanie Williams, Jay Christie, Jerome Chang, I am Anthony Canton Third. This has been Marvel Did What for Marvel Cinematic University. Be talking to you soon. Take care.